Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. It is a very weird, weird time in the world of sports, obviously, in the world of you know geopolitical pandemics. Uh, one week ago, uh, I don't think I could have seen how fast things were going to change. We were making plans to do podcasts for March Madness and talking about uh, you know all kinds of amazing fun sports that were coming up uh in the spring months and now the calendar has been wiped bare by a a truly incredible uh global set of circumstances uh andy are you uh bunkered down out there in the uh, in the country yeah we got it's funny like everyone had to stock up on food i just that's what we we just have a stock of food already i'm a deep freeze kind of guy so i have a lot of meat on hand i've got some I don't have enough ammo. I need some ammo in case I have to start living off the land. But uh, who knows? <laughs> like I, like we just yeah. said, I, we said off air, like, he, you know, I could live for months and months off what I have. Please don't come to my bunker mm. and steal my food, I guess, <laughs> now toilet. that I said that. Yeah. In an undisclosed. What's your, what's your toilet paper? <clears throat> what's your toilet paper supply looking like uh, just, out there? Just out of curiosity. So we no, just, no, we no just shipped it. Yeah, we shipped the kids off. And not only that, we shipped the kids off to the in-laws for a couple mm. weeks because there's no school. So not sure. only like, I don't want to say double cause they don't use as much food and toilet paper as me, but uh, yeah, I just, that's like a plus now too. Like my toilet paper is just going to last longer. And actually, you know how kids are, they use a ton of toilet paper. They're terrible about that. So sure. toilet paper situation is solid food situation. Solid. <laughs> I got a bunch of books. I got a bunch of shit to read. Uh, I got a bunch of projects to, to work on around the house, so I should be fine. My wife works in a hospital. I don't know how that's going to go here going forward. Yeah, <clears throat> but it, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be it's, by you. Yeah, it's going to be a weird deal, but yeah, it feels like. And what was first? Um, was it Yale canceling the Ivy League tournament or the yes Indian Wells? Was Indian Wells first? Oh, Indian Wells was first. I think Indian yeah. Wells feels like it canceled three months ago. That was literally like <laughs> what? eight days ago. Yeah. It was, yeah, it, it was, was Sunday. Yeah. It was Sunday before the draw was going to come out on Tuesday. Yeah. That's right. It feels like that was 150 freaking years ago. This has been a very quickly, <laughs> quickly escalating thing. And, you know, I just, I don't want to get into like, you know, the arguments online that people have, whether people, you know, this is an overreaction, this is an underreaction. We're not going to get into all that. There's plenty of media to consume for that. I don't, I, I try to consume anything I can that I think is relevant and make my own decisions. And still to this point, I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not no. a doctor. And, and I think most of the people that make these arguments on online, they don't have enough information to be making the arguments anyway. I think, no, the power, a, you know, I don't want to say like that. I put a lot of faith into our government ever. I'm not sure anyone ever should. It's tough to, but at the, at the same time, like those people have more information than us. And there's, there's people at higher levels making decisions. So I'm just going to try to keep it uh, even keel, keep myself safe and try to listen to the advice of the people I trust. Yeah, that sounds fair. Um, either way, it's depressing. 
uh, either way, it's, uh, it's sobering, you know, it uh, puts a lot of this stuff in perspective in terms of what matters in life, I have to say, which is, um, I guess it's a good reset. And, you know, I, you know, I, I think you have to kind of look across our, our community of, of sports betters and think that in some ways, like there's, you can make positive out of this. You can make the most out of your spring break. Right. Yeah, there's there, yeah, you know, you should listen to a lot of podcasts back episodes going to be posted soon. Sure. Sure. But even be, even beyond that though, like just from like a, like a fundamental level, like you don't want to be in a place where, you know, sports betting is running your life to the tune of there's no sports on. And, you know, you're making yourself sick trying to find, you know, niche sports to get down on so you can, you know, scratch that itch. Like spring break's probably going to be good for people to kind of reset uh, what matters to them. Don't you think? I said this to you day one, like everyone was freaking out and I don't want to say I, I don't miss sports. I love sports. We do a sports podcast. Absolutely. I love, I love a number of sports. I miss every one of them. I miss a ton of things about, you know, having golf on the weekends, obviously the March Madness tournament. I've gone to Vegas every year for a number of years to celebrate that. I was going to see a bunch of cool people. We had some events with some sponsors we were going to do. That sucks. That sucks. Dick. I'm pissed about that part. I, I love March Madness. That wow, you're yeah. right. That does like, suck. I really do miss March Madness. I miss the conference. Tra- I, I, dude, I wrote a bunch of, it's not like these articles were taking 10 hours of time, but I wrote a bunch of articles for yeah, tournaments. Sure. Some that didn't even start. Most that didn't finish. <laughs> I had a bunch of, yeah. I, I guess I had a bunch of futures returned, which wasn't too bad, but you know, I, I miss the sports, but it's not everything. You know, th- there are bigger things in life. And truthfully, I did feel a little bit of relief. And I think it was just because I had so much going on for that short period of time where I'm writing all these conference previews at once. I'm trying to check my numbers every day. I got a golf tournament going on once the weekend gets there. You know, I'm, I'm working for, you know, through some other people to get some bets down. There's a, there's a ton going on. And then it just came to a screeching halt. And I almost, I almost was like happy. I felt, yeah, I felt, I did feel some relief. Like, oh, cause Honestly, especially people who bet all the sports, I can't imagine betting baseball because like in the summer, it turns into just spending a lot of time on NFL and then grind, betting grind, the, grind, and betting the golf tournaments four days a week. Yeah, like that, sure. it's, it, it's a nice slowdown, but man, some of the people that bet, you know, through the winter and then bet baseball, I mean, you get the, you get the all-star break and that's it. Right. Right. And, and, right. and, and for the bookmakers, the people who run books, like it sucks that some of, you know, I, I bet a lot of them are going to have to take some furloughs and some time off here too. But man, those guys, that's a 365 thing. That's a grind. Sure. Like, the, like that's a, maybe a nice little mental break for a few people. And, you know, like I was saying to you off air, and I think a lot of people work this way. A lot of people work with lists. I'm a big list guy, my wife, even more so. I always have a list of projects and I have multiple lists because I have projects around the house. I have projects I want to do. I have a reading list and then I have a like sports betting project list that until, you know, until like a week ago, it was kind of a, you know, Atlas rolling the stone up the hill kind of thing. Sure. That's not who's doing it. Sisyphus. Sisyphus. I don't know how to say his name. Atlas right. was not the guy. It was. Sisyphus. No, Atlas. Was hold, just, yeah. Atlas yeah, holds yeah. the world up. Boy, this is where yeah. my brain's at right now. But anyway, either way, it was, you know, it was an impossible task. That list was 
way too much. It was just, sure. here's things I want to do if I ever get the time. And now that I look at it, it's like, I, I think I have the time. And I think I'm going to try to take advantage of this where I'm not running golf numbers four nights a week. I'm not looking at basketball, multiple tournaments all the time. And truthfully, if I wanted to get into baseball, I couldn't even do that right now. So yeah, my list, that's where I'm going to start working. If you bet college football, if you bet NFL, you know, you might not have all the information you need to get ready, but you can definitely put in a lot of the, the, you know, the infrastructure to be ready, to be more prepared. If there was anything you looked at, I mean, there's a ton of like working theories we have every year for the NFL that we just, I don't have time to back test this or I don't have time to run that data. I mean, that's kind of what the summer's going to turn into, I think, or spring into summer for me. Absolutely I, agreed. I don't know what, uh, what's highest on your list, but. Uh, well, I, mean, I think overall you're making a good point. And I guess I just want to, before we move into what are we going to do with ourselves? Uh, I think it's still worth, you know, worth, I think it's still worth reinforcing this to a degree, which is it's important to take a break from time to time. It's important to have a reset. That relief that you mentioned, I felt that in spades after the Super Bowl was a wrap. I mean, honestly, like a whole, yeah, I think a same. whole week went by. I don't even know if I made a bet that whole week. And I was just like, man, this is such a great reset. Such a, you know, it's good, better, good for your mental well being, good for your, you know, your personal relationships. Like there's a lot of things going on. Especially, you know, if you're doing this for as a recreational hobby and you've invested a lot of time and energy into it uh, so that you're, you know, you're a winning player all of a sudden and, you know, you want to re realize those returns. Like, yeah, no, it stinks that we're not going to be able to, uh, you know, to add a little extra income via this mechanism. It's, it's a scary, uncertain time for markets overall. It's a scary, uncertain time for people and their jobs overall. Um, but yeah, I think it's probably a good thing to, to get a little bit of a break, a little bit of a reset and, you know, March madness compounds with a lot of other sports that come up and it does, the spring does tend to feel a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit hectic, a little bit crazy, a little bit tough. And, um, so I, you know, I think there's, there'll be a way to make, turn this into something positive in terms of just kind of being that being a, you know, just kind of resetting your mental and, and uh, your mental health and well-being. Yeah, that's. That's fair. And, you know, like my list of stuff, I haven't jumped into it yet. You know, I, I talked this what? big game about I have this huge list of all this stuff I want to get done. And oh, now, sure. I have, now I have time to do it. And sure. and I haven't yet because like just what you said, it's been, well, not only that, but there, there's, I've spent a lot of time, you know, keeping up in the news. That sure. is, eaten, I'm sure that's eaten up a lot. Oh, of it's like time. watching a car crash. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. It's, 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 it is a, such a distraction. It is unbelievable uh but yeah just much. from the mental the mental health yeah. part of it like just taking that a week off like not running any numbers not looking at markets not tracking lines not following injuries not doing any of that i've just kind of took it easy i've done a shitload of projects around the house like my wife's jacked about this uh this <laughs> she's like thing. wow yeah she's like i fixed i fixed a, she she uh she got too smart for her own good and tried yeah. to carry a piece of furniture up the stairs that she couldn't lift. And she dropped oh. it and it fell down the stairs and broke and took out a windowsill, snapped oh. it clean off. And I've been just 
just working on that windowsill do, 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 all weekend. Do, do, do. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I got it. I, it looks like it, it almost looks like it never happened at this point. I need a little more oh, stain. But yeah, like like that's been my that's that was my weekend. I didn't do any sports stuff really. I, I tweeted some, but I spent a lot of time just goofing around on a windowsill, and that I've I've been way more relaxed. Like it was kind of a nice little break. It's crazy that a global pandemic has gotten me more relaxed, but. Oh, here sure. we are and I'm, I'm you know like i said this list of stuff i'm gonna dive into it but i think everybody's kind of got to take that at their own pace like don't don't listen to this and be like oh man i gotta start 100 projects right now so i'm ready for football or yeah, you right. know i, I right. tweeted out a list of books that i you know most of those are i want to just reread for I, sure i got some new books i want to read too but i mean just if I think that's one of the things I find, you know, with a job, family, kids, this and sports betting, I don't have as much time to read as I did when I was younger. No chance. No, not even you know, close. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be something that's sports betting or sports betting adjacent, man. If just, just grab a good fiction book and read it like anything, just take, take some time and do something that you don't have enough time for normally because some of this takes so much of your time. And I think I'm going to do some of that yet before I, before I dive too deep into some of these projects. Yeah, no. And and it's probably, I, I I need to specifically um, kind of recalibrate how much time I'm spending online, just refreshing the news feeds. Cause like what's happened, what's going to happen at this point is going to happen. Like there's really not uh, you know, a ton of facts finding, you know, we're living in a world you look into, you know, you look at what's happening in, in Italy, they're 11 days ahead of us. You're just, that's what you're looking into a crystal ball. Like that's, what's coming. Like you don't really need to kind of, you know, over overrun yourself, just refreshing the news. Cause, and like looking at markets and things like that, like it's going to be bad. Like there like, we are going to, you know, this is going to be hell for, you know, going on probably four or five, six, eight weeks at a minimum. Uh, but, uh, you know, so, so I don't really think I, I need to, I need to die, you know, kind of take a break just from, you know, how much news and information I'm consuming big time. Uh, and I think that will free up a lot of time to, you know, to hone work on my craft and, you know, we're going to spin this positive up positive now, you know, like they're for sure, like we're going to come out of this as better players. I can promise you, I can promise you the time and investment that you put into, uh, refining what you're doing, um, you know, it, it pays dividends in ways that you do not realize before you make that investment. And, uh, and I gotta, you know, I gotta ask you, you didn't always used to bet college basketball, right? No, it was, a it was something I spent a lot of time on over a Christmas break. It was something, sim- it was something similar. Like we were winding down on the NFL, you know, <clears throat> it's funny how like something just turns into autopilot. Like yep. the NFL is autopilot for us. And I feel like maybe we should maybe put a little more effort into it sometimes because I think maybe we could <laughs> win even more. But some of it, 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 it's just something, it's almost like when you go to work and do the same job for 20 years, like sure, it's just, it, you make it, you make it look easy. I don't want to say we make it betting the NFL look easy. It's still terribly difficult to win, but like my process has become autopilot without ever, everything is just the same every week. And I'm just, I'm doing it all the same. So I've said, well, I, I guess I kind of wanted just a new challenge and college basketball is always on. So I dug into that. I spent a lot of time over the course of two, three weeks during a Christmas break. And that's when I started betting it. And I, I, I hope to do the, And I hope to do the same thing with college football. It's just college football always starts in the same time as NFL. 
and and to your point about you know coming out of this the other side being better at maybe reading markets overall just sports betting whatever market you want to get into we can say the same thing and we've said this a dozen times in this podcast we've never been better at betting nfl than once we started doing the podcast because we spent hours and hours and hours over the summer doing previews and putting <laughs> yes. together and, and just and reading yeah. other people's stuff. We spent more and more time consuming other smart media, whether it's some of the PFF stuff or just, you know, a lot of smart bloggers that we read. Like once you take in all that information and start putting context to it, you become better at it. And like we've said, doing the podcast, making all the previews for the NFL, it's made us better at this and hopefully, you know, some time off and some, some reflection on your craft and, you know, maybe reading some, reading a few books that have some good ideas or just working on your model or digging deeper, finding more data, or getting better at coding. There's going to be something you can do here during this time off that you might not have had the time to do, you know, just a regular scheduled year where we didn't have a, absolutely. a weird uh, pandemic. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with you. And your, your story about college basketball is, is awesome. And I feel like people probably don't believe you. I mean, like people probably like, no way. Like you mean to say that you just decided one day you were going to invest the time and over a couple of weeks, you became an advantage player in a, in a major U S market. We found out that not many people, there's not a lot of money in some of those markets. So remember, <laughs> let, let, let us know. But it, it, it's a process. I mean, I think I think building a model and, you know, entering a market and getting to know the market, I think it's like 80% pre-work before you even start making a single bet. And then yeah. 20, 20% tweaking and back testing and looking at your results and realizing what's going on with your, how you've decided to do things. Like, I don't want to say like, I just spent all that time on Christmas break and just, I just plugged it in and started betting what the computer told me to. Mm-hmm. I still spent a lot of time from day to day, you know, tweaking things, looking at things, and working on it as I still do to this day, not right now, but you know, I still work on the, on the basketball model all the time. Sure. But, but I think, yeah, a lot of it is pre-work or however you want to, I don't know if there's a good word for that, the foundation, setting the infrastructure up. And I, I think, you know, like uh, I already have talked to people who are just, I guess I'm starting college football early and they're going to be that far ahead of the game because there is a ton you can do as far as looking at the college football schedules are put out already. A, a big part of the rosters are pretty much you know, set in place, especially for the schools that maybe some of the bigger schools, like you could do a ton of work setting your infrastructure up on your college football power numbers already. And I, I think, I think some people, uh, I pray for the markets because I think some people with too much time and too much smarts are going to be able to crush college football when it opens up in the fall. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, so what's on your list? What's the top of your list? Do you have number one? Do you have equal equal uh, kind of weight across all of your your? Uh, your yeah, your, my 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 list is a mess. Like I said, it's too many different lists, but definitely a reading list. There's a few books that I want to reread. There's some books I want to get read that I haven't read at all. I put like I said, I I put out a little article with some good ones uh, that are definitely worth hitting, especially if this is, you know, cognitive bias stuff is super interesting. I think you can learn a lot about the psychology of it. 
there's a ton of good books and I've talked to, it sparked a bunch of conversations with other people too. I've got a good, a bunch of good book recommendations that way. So reading is big. I'm just going to try to set a time, you know, set aside some time every day. Cause in the evening I was setting aside that time every day to go over the numbers I've, you know, scraped in the afternoon, compare it, look at a few things, dig a little deeper before I decide to make a bet and add it to my card. So like my college basketball time is going to turn into reading time every evening. I'm hoping to, you know, get through quite a few books this summer that way. I just haven't had the time. So I think reading, just reading is going to be super high on the list, but I think the biggest project for me is definitely going to be, you know, outside of just continuing to try to learn as more as much as I can about R getting better at using that. I think it's definitely the college foot like I, the example I use the college football power numbers. I want to get into college football more. I really enjoy talking to a lot of the people we network with about college football, but it's not like the NFL where they say, Hey, I make this game this. And I say, I make this game this, and this is why I bet it. it's like, you know, it's more of a one-sided conversation Absolutely. where I'm just, I'm just taking their information in. And Same. I enjoy, I enjoy the, uh, the disagreements and uh, the, you know, when you have a dissenting opinion on an NFL game and we, we throw some numbers back and forth and say why we disagree. And I just don't, I don't have that with college football because I don't have my set of power numbers. And I, sure. So I think that's super high on the list. I, I enjoy college football. I really enjoy Saturdays watching the games, but I, uh, you know, I mostly, any college football bet I made over the course of the, you know, last season, season before, 99% of that was just tailing somebody else who told me like, this is a good number. It's going to move. Yeah. Right. Same. No, same, 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 same. I don't think I'm going to try to make college football numbers, but I like your, I like your thinking. And well, I, think I might work. just I pick some conferences. I, I think I might zone in on a couple conferences. Well, that strategy worked really well for you in basketball. So that makes sense to me. Yeah. So that, I don't know if I could, yeah, I don't know if I want to put numbers together for every single team. I think it's a little more, uh, in college basketball, uh, there's not many people that move a line. And, and in my lower conferences, outside of somebody who's going to the NBA, like, you know, Obi, there's there's nobody in the lower conferences that is going to move a number. You don't have to be that player-based. And I think in college football, you do need to be more player level. So I don't know if it's feasible for me to make power numbers for the entire thing. Maybe not this first year. So I'm going to work on a couple conferences to start with and see how it goes, but that that's high on my list. What about, uh, what about you, Drew? Oh man. Well, I have, I'm going to, I'm going to double down on NBA and NFL in terms of my process and try to reevaluate the way I do things because I definitely have felt slippage over the last um, two seasons in terms of some of the things that were tried and true angles that helped me kind of, you know, get uh, a clear, um, you know, clear space between break even and my performance. Uh, I feel like there's been some slippage, you know, pretty much uh, across, you know, the handful of meaningfully, you know, useful situational angles I thought, uh, you know, were not accounted for by the market in the NFL last year. I think all of that's been absorbed. Uh, I don't know that I have like a hand, like, like almost all of my uh, successful, um, you know, approach to NFL last year was either looking at player specific, you know, player level uh, impact in terms of, you know, a player was not in or not in and, you know, appropriately evaluating that, um, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, that into what, you know, what would be a fair price. 
uh, versus, uh, you know, back in the day, there just used to be a handful of, you know, low hanging fruit situational stuff you could blindly play and, you know, help, help bring your, you know, your, your numbers up into the 54, 56 range. So I, I for sure, I'm going to go double, double down on, you know, what works, what doesn't work in the NFL for me. Um, and I specifically want, I, I have a couple of data sets that I collected over the last couple of years that I think will be useful to kind of go and reevaluate. Um, yeah, the, the, the data <laughs> yeah. collection, um, it got me thinking about that. I can't think of the actual name of the website, popcorn something. Yeah. Popcorn machine, popcorn machine. It was one of the most, you know, I still don't bet NBA, but I love talking about it with people again, pretty one-sided, but that was a super interesting website. I think maybe that would be a cool little exercise. You know, that's some definitely of the, some on the, my list. Some of the, uh, well, just, just the fact NBA that it exists. Yeah. I mean, just the, like the existence of that website. I yeah, think right. some of the coolest, you know, I love it when somebody just feeds me a winner says, Hey, sure. this is, this is a great number. You should bet this. But I think be secondary from that is when somebody feeds me a cool website. Oh, for sure. When somebody gives me something I don't know exists as far as a data set like that. And so maybe that'd be a cool exercise if people like just posted some stuff. Hey, yeah, this is, this is uh somewhere I grab data from. You know, it's yeah, like sharing, sharing all your secrets, but I mean, you're not telling people what you're doing with it, but I think sure. there's a ton of websites that people get are underutilized just because not a lot of people know about them that have some really cool data sets like that. And you know, especially in the NFL, so many people, and, and I mean, the NFL and the NBA, people are huge into their major U S sports. I'm sure there's a ton of websites I've never seen that have some great data. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, I'm sure there are people that we know who listen to this podcast who have data sets that, you know, prop player prop, uh, you know, odds history, things like that. Like those are not easy to come by, um, but people out there have them. And if you can uh, network with someone who can share that stuff with you, then uh, then away you go on some some small project, which uh, can help over over the course of the next couple seasons uh, really you know make the difference for you. Um Couple and specifically in the NFL, like uh, I don't think I need to do much more player level integration into my numbers at this point. Um, I feel pretty solid about that, but I do think I need to continue to try to understand and do a better job of quantifying kind of market forces, so to speak, in terms of what happens with the NFL number from you know open to close. Yeah, um, I have decent data set that basically just shows like okay how much teams were over or underperforming the market expectation on a weekly basis and diving deeper into why some teams were consistently over or undervalued for you know two three four five weeks versus some teams where the correction was instantaneous and elastic uh, i think is uh, is going to be an interesting exercise because you know there are some teams that are you know, that, that, uh, just based on when the game was played, you know, there, there are small influencing factors when the game was played, how many people were watching, how high profile the game it was, how much public support the team had before or after how, you know, was it a team people were expecting to do well? It finally had a, you know, they, after underperforming for a bunch of weeks, they finally had a game where they did perform well. And so the correction was quicker, right? Like basically yeah. just trying to understand a little better, the velocity of some of the market corrections on some teams and trying to figure out why, you know, why you have some teams like Tennessee this year where it just took the market, you know, 
seven weeks before the opening numbers reflected the true strength of that team. Like why was super, you know, that's super interesting. And I think it goes along with a a project I have on the list that I haven't quite even sussed out what it means. It just says um, context power number, which doesn't really mean anything, but when we, we, and it got my mind spinning on this, when you talk about, you know, uh, how the general, I don't even want to say the public, I want to say the betting market reacts to a team winning or losing a game by X amount of points, whether it was watched by a lot of people, I think is a big key, but also the, the context to it. Like we talked about the the deep dive into an autopsy of a, a box score. Yeah. Yeah. When you start doing expected points. I think that can be tied into it directly when you start saying, hey, this team won. They covered, they won by a lot, but should they have? And you dive in, you look at the expected points, you look at some of the fluky events and say, maybe that team shouldn't have. And that's when you start getting weird things happening with the market when a team is perceived to be good, but possibly shouldn't be perceived to be as good as they are. And that's when you can get a heavy, maybe an edge where there should be a correction and none comes because people aren't putting the context to the results. Right, or when there's a correction, tie those should, together. Or yeah, or when you see a correction and you realize that there should not have been one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is yeah. the point. Now that moved up the list. That's a, yeah, that's no, a good for one. that, like, like I think that will help me in the NFL big time. Um, I may, it may end up, you know, I may end up just kind of playing fewer games as a means of this. Like, it may just help me screen out some of the the poor plays as opposed to finding new ones. Um, but that's fine. Uh, in the NBA. Uh, I kind of need to go back to square one to a degree. Like it was this betting this NBA season was a humbling experience for me. Like I did not do as well as I had hoped. Uh, I had long stretches of the season where I just could not find a winner. And, um, you know, I think to a degree, the team based, you know, edge that I had kind of baked into kind of the way I was doing my numbers. Like I bet it hard enough that, you know, I kind of, I made the market understand like, Hey, yeah, this is, these are, you know, these are angles that ought to be, you know, encapsulated. And I only had about a month of doing that before all of a sudden there were premiums on every side I wanted. Um, and so I think I fundamentally have to go back to square one and, uh, come up with kind of a new overall approach. That's more player-based for NBA. I have a couple of seasons now of player-based data and I I'm going to kind of go through and, kind of fine tune, um, you know, matching up some of the player level signal that I can see uh, with other stuff that was successful for me last year and this year and uh, try to kind of sort out like, okay, these are more, these are, these are meaningful, quantifiable, you know, the indicators, leading indicators, lagging indicators for, um, you know, when I should or shouldn't, uh, you know, be willing to, use certain theory certain you know situations certain you know betting angles to uh to make plays in the nba and i think player level model you know that's that's effectively the future like that's i i noticed it for because i have a pretty rudimentary one and i noticed it for sure that uh you know most of the total moves i felt like were informed by uh folks out there who were doing player level stuff and and you know but that's that's useful too like if you know what you know, what's going to happen between opening lines and when you have meaningful limits, just because you have, you know, a rudimentary player or even a, a good player level model, and you can kind of know what the, which direction the market's going to go on certain items. Uh, that's valuable, super valuable info also. 
Um, so yeah, d- doing a, a more sophisticated implementation of player level information into the NBA is going to be pretty important for me over the next couple of weeks. And, um, like you said, we talked about this with Cheetah. We talked about this now a couple of times, but kind of coming up with a systematic, um, you know, box score autopsy for an NBA game. I think oh, I'd love to have that automated. Important. Yeah, automate that. Like that, I'm going to try to come up with some way to have an automated expected points scored for, you know, for given NBA games based on, you know, quality of shot and, volume of shots and pace and things like that i feel like that's doable um it's just a means of uh kind of formalizing it and quantifying it and i feel like that'd be a valuable tool too because same kind of thing i noticed in the nba this year that you noticed in the nfl which is some teams market correction was quick it was on them and other teams it took a really long time like you know there's there's i don't think it's an accident that a team like memphis uh, who didn't, you know, weren't expected to be good, overperformed for, you know, three, four, five games in a row. What's in the water in Tennessee this year? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, but yeah, no, the market largely shrugged at, uh, you know, four or five games in a row of Memphis showing that they were legit. And it took like 11 or 12 games for the, you know, for people to really respect, you know, the level of performance we were seeing with our eyes uh, from that team. Uh, and I think think that's probably correlated with this fact that their you know their their season-long win number was slow like that was gravity right like that was you know people were expecting them to regress back to their you know their season win number which was you know a, a 20 30 percent win team right and they you know so it's it just for a team like that it took a lot longer for the market to kind of you know work up to the respect and and then, uh, and vice versa, there were some teams like Philadelphia that the market never really caught up to. They were just not as good a team as, as they were expected to be on paper. And so, you know, there there are certain things that I think uh, you can kind of use as uh, as indicators for market support and and market uh, you know lack of market support that uh, you know could help identify like okay, like a team like Niagara in your college basketball, like why didn't you know they never adjusted their their number. It felt like all freaking season. Like I would like to know that. I would like to know which teams are going to be like that, you know, after you make a couple of bets on them so you can continue to ride that as opposed to, you know, trying to find something from scratch, right? Yeah, and that's something too if you start to look at teams with – to to shout out our math friend, which is just plus EV analytics. We always avoid saying his name for some reason just to be a goof, but like high deviance teams – you find some high deviance teams. You should probably like. I regret not betting more money lines on uh, on Niagara because they're a super high deviance team that shot like forty percent from three point land and in conference. Like that's the kind of team that's gonna like win as a ten point underdog sometimes. Sure, because yeah. they can they can get wildly they can get wildly hot while still being a decent team in their other aspects of the game, not being reliant on a three. You know, it's different in every sport. You find some wild ass teams like that that just like my numbers strongly disagree and just never change. It was like Pepperdine last year for different reasons. But uh, uh, you got me thinking NBA too because I was kind of pouring one out over here for people who have NBA future bets. Do you, oh, I mean, do, do you think? I mean, do, do you think 
What is your, I mean, just quick 30-second opinion on what the NBA does with the season? Will they play all 82 games? Will they play the playoffs? No. I mean, no. do, do you do like a – could – I don't. I wouldn't mind like a truncated playoffs. Like just f- take take the top four teams. Take the top eight teams. No. Give us something. Give they're something. If anything, they're going to shorten the series. They would shorten – they would have the same – Teams qualify and they would be five game series instead of seven. Yeah, best of five instead of best of seven. I suppose. Like I, I, they're not definitely not going to play the full 82 game season. No way. Um, I think reasonably logistically, um, kind of a July restart is probably the best you could expect uh, after, you know, like maybe two weeks at the end of June where they're kind of getting people back in shape. Um, but I honestly like it kind of comes down to the players at this point, in my opinion, like if the players kind of decide like, you know, Hey, like it's the summer we need to rest and recoup for next season. Like we don't feel like, you know, getting, you know, getting our, you know, getting our teams back into shape and and playing this out. Then I think they just mail it in and and start fresh in October. Um, But uh, you know, I mean, I don't, I, it's it's almost silly to try to prognosticate any of this stuff. I mean, we yeah, no, I just like, didn't. I didn't know yeah. if you had opinion. I see different stuff every day on that. Yeah, and I, 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 can, I I hope I love the NBA playoffs. I don't care if they play them late. I do. Too. I do like, too. I'm have, really upset. Like, fuck that it. Have, have, have the NBA playoffs in August. Have the Olympics in September. Have the Masters in October. Just have this stuff. Do the Derby in the fall. I don't care. Just have this stuff later on when when this stuff is passed. Yeah, and I mean, you know, stuff like the derbies is one thing because they're all three-year-old horses, so you could do it anytime this year. You're not really affecting like you know the overall kind of arc of these horses' careers. But uh, NBA is not even not the same. Like you know, having guys playing all-out ball in August, September, and then what do you do next season? How, how short? Yeah, do you November make would be weird. Like you'd have to yeah, shorten next year too. You have to shorten. You'd have next to go to like too. a sixty-five game season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Start at Christmas time. Like that's doable. Like that's not crazy. Um, and you know, I, I but but I, I just I don't know. My 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 gut says you have a fifty percent chance that they restart in July. They play you know a five or ten game stretch where guys get their legs back under them, and then we go into a, a shortened playoff where you're looking at best of five instead of best of seven, and we probably yeah. have a champion by yeah. It. I mean, you're right. We probably shouldn't try to guess because who knows? Like that you know that this could go on longer than we thought or shorter. We have no idea what's going to go on with the you know, with the COVID-19 stuff. So it's super hard to guess, but I'm just, you know, just wishful thinking on my part, I guess. Yeah, no, same. I, I mean, I think, I think that's on a lot of people's minds and um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think we've covered pretty much what we anticipate doing here from, uh, you know, from uh, honing our craft, improving our, you know, our proving our performance towards sort of goal here. We're going to keep recording this podcast. Uh, we're going to be able to reach out to a lot of people who have, amazing stories who have a shitload of free time uh, over the next couple of months. And we're going to be able to pick their brain on some topics and, yeah. you know, and, and, and just do some amazing storytelling. So, I mean, I'm still excited to create content. That's going to be fun. It's not going to yeah, be fun. We, we had that know, conversation that today. Like, you know, is it, did, should we still do this without sports? <laughs> but like, is yeah. it, is it sucked? To, but I think like, you know, you don't want to, say like a good part of this i guess this whole podcast has been like silver lining your silver linings playbook not a bad sure. movie i like that i like that uh that dreamboat in there what's his name from the bradley movie? cooper bradley freaking cooper dreamboat and jay law ain't bad either but uh silver lining here <laughs> we decided was 
you know, there's going to be some people that we might be able to get on here to do some interviews that normally would have been very, very busy with sure. sports. So hopefully we can get some cool people on here to talk, talk some stuff about what they're doing over the, the break here, just sports in general. Hopefully yeah. that works out. Otherwise we have still a bunch of evergreen podcast ideas that we're going to throw out. So we'll keep going as long as you guys keep listening. And you know, if you have any ideas for some stuff that you want to touch on, especially some, I got, I've started a list of some of the best questions I've got about football handicapping. Cause I've gotten a bunch of good ones just over. I mean, even through last season that we just didn't get a t- chance to touch on. I think we're going to be able to put some good stuff together before, uh, before the season starts for the NFL as well. Yeah. And just, I mean, I'm probably going to watch a lot of movies too. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Put you, put you on the spot for that. Yeah. Me? What movies am I going to watch? Well, I don't know. Like best, Ooh, just best sports movies. So people can yell at us. Best baseball, (laughs) football, basketball. Um, Cause it's, baseball, football, basketball has got to be bull Durham Hoosiers, old longest yard mm. i can get people want to crucify me for that oh man my favorite football movie is probably uh any given sunday or the program oh the program's really good too. <laughs> those are when he breaks his when he breaks the windows with his head oh uh, yeah do you think we should yeah. tell coach yeah yeah, those are some great ones um just from an entertainment standpoint obviously they're not great movies um Baseball bull Durham for sure. That that that's a that's a watch anytime. Uh, My kids love the Sandlot. I watched that. I've watched that more since I've had children than I ever had did before. Like they can watch that all the time. Yeah, basketball is tough. Can't think of basketball is tough. Like Hoosiers, I've always loved Hoosiers. White men can't jump. That's blue ch- blue blue chips came up the other day. Not actually yeah, that, that great good. of a movie. It's just funny that Shaq was in it. Yeah. yeah, semi-pro Airbud. There you go. Um, Don't watch I'm probably Airbud. Gonna, I'm probably going to avoid sports movies though, in general. I'm, it's it's, uh, it's going to be the only way I'm going to watch sports. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to see if Hickory High has one more championship in them. What'd you think of? Uh, what'd you think of NFL free agency today? Was that a nice respite from some of the oh uh, insane? Uh, kind of was. It kind of was. Like even like thank you, Bill O'Brien, for throwing me that life raft. Of wow. just wow. being a, a lunatic and wow. making that trade. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, the Vikings restructuring Kirk Cousins deal. I mean, it was an extension, but essentially kind of buying some cap space. Uh, the Tannehill thing, I, I still think he got overpaid, but it's one of those things where I think we're going to forget about it in like two oh, yeah. days when all the other contracts come through, like you need that one guy to set the market. Somebody has to set the market and then everyone goes from there. And I don't think Dak looks as silly for turning down his offer. If that's what Tannehill gets. So I don't even know if Tannehill did get overpaid. That felt almost team friendly to me. Ah, just, I mean, t- I, I get where you're coming, but just basing it off of one year has never turned out well. Sure. Even, sure. even that's just, fair. I mean, just think that's about fair. like, like, the case case Keenum's wasn't nearly that high, but case Keenum going to Denver after having a year's success in Minnesota just felt like, man, hope you all know what you're doing. Yeah, that's fair. That's it feels Flacco Flacco esque. That's very fair. Yeah, okay. That's not that's not crazy. Um underrated defensive thing. signings today. A few of those. Yeah, there were a few of those and you know, the just in general the 
uh, AFC South feels like it's puking on its shoes a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like my goodness, tends to um, do that, dude. I mean, the Bill o- Bill O'Brien trading, um, the Bill O'Brien, uh, David Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins trade was. Pro- I I would expect that you're going to be hard pressed hard pressed to find a worse trade in the history of the NFL. And this goes all the way back. You brought this up when we were pre-recording the Herschel Walker trade. Like, yeah, that was obviously bad. Played out poorly, but like... In hindsight, yeah. In hindsight, but like knowing what we know about roster building and, you know, plus TV football now, just taking on the, you know, David Johnson's contract, just taking it off of their hands was a win for the Cardinals. And to give them back one of your best assets on a team friendly deal was utterly mind blowing. Like when they, when the when deal was originally announced, I was like, Oh yeah. Uh, you know, they, the, the Cardinals got the Texans to take David Johnson off their hands. Wow. Like what did they have to give them to get to do, to make that happen? And I was like, wait, wait, you mean they gave them something back and it was yeah. happened to be, you know, there, you know, you know, one of the top clear top 10 wide receivers in the sport, maybe one of the, one of the top 10 assets. That's not a quarterback in all of the NFL right now. Like that was mind blowing. It was pretty rough. Like I, th- you know how this happens. And if you're on Twitter or any social media enough and somebody makes one of them freaking fake Schefter accounts or something like that, sure. yeah. and somebody inevitably shares it with you and they fell for it. I thought that's what we were dealing with this afternoon. I thought- I thought so I'm thought like, too. nah, I'm like that didn't happen. That's not something that happened. There yeah, was some, yeah. there was some pretty good, like kudos to the Twitterverse for some pretty funny Bill O'Brien <laughs> tweets. Today. There were some good ones, but uh, no, just uh, in general, like I'm really excited to see where all these quarterbacks fall. Like I really have no idea what's going to happen with Brady. Like he could go a, a number of places or stay in New England. I wouldn't be surprised. And I just, still think, I still think the plan all along was get the best, deal market will give you Brady and we'll give you a dollar more to come back. I, I'm, I'm, I will be, I have come full circle on Brady's played his last home game in Foxborough too. This is all a ruse to see, let him test the market. And, and I still, this is, this is going to be my early, early March 16th hot take Miami. I mean, Miami had it, Eric flowers, Shaq Lawson and Byron Jones, Brian Jones, excuse me. Like they have so many draft picks What's going to happen like if Brady leaves the AFC East and the Jets don't take that next step up and the Bills just remain what they are? Miami wins the division this year if they hit exactly. if they hit in the draft like with like nine wins something weird like I think Miami has a really good chance to eclipse their win total this year and I mean they have like what three first rounders and then a couple more next year and just they have a yeah. grip of pick they they can move up and take anyone anyone they want. They can True. have any any pick in the first round they want if they want it. They have so much draft capital, so it's going to be funny. Like Miami, just from this team that people were putting real U.S. money on them going zero and sixteen this year to them winning, you know, nine ten games. It'll be it'll be quite the turnaround if it works out. So yeah, early hot take. They uh they added some nice pieces. Yeah, we'll have to see what the chips fall because we still obviously don't know what the most important position on the field is going to be. For them next year, yeah, and the, um, the also, draft, the draft is happening. So good, yeah, yeah, good news. The draft yeah, is true. happening just in a whole different. You know, I, I think we always felt like that wasn't going to be delayed, even if they were just 
one guy in a hazmat suit in a room taking calls. Like they were going to have the draft. Yeah, no, without a doubt. It's not going to be the same, obviously, but uh, next year, hopefully they still stick with their plan and do it in Vegas Kings. That was a great idea. Anyway, Mm -hmm. with that, and we get an extra playoff game this year, by the way, which we didn't even talk about. Uh, Yeah, we've got time Uh, to talk NFL. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, let's wrap it up here. Uh, stay safe out there and, uh, you know, do your best to, you know, keep, get, get your mind right in this break, you know, use this as an opportunity to, uh, kind of reset in terms of your relationship with sports and sports betting, especially if you needed that. And, uh, and if you already have the solid relationship with sports, sports betting, use this to improve your process, get, become a better player. So, and we are practicing social distancing by, what are we? We gotta we gotta be like at Not least fifteen hundred, eighteen hundred miles away. I think it's twenty three or twenty four hundred even. Yeah, we're who knows? We're definitely social distancing. No worries there. Yeah, we're um, not we're not in the same room. Swapping, yeah, although swapping you know, uh you know yeah. breath. I'm in a hot I'm in a hot spot though, and you're uh, you you have a uh, you have a seller of goods you told me, and I know what your address is, so we'll see how long that lasts. Um, yeah, but, I got that. I got that new futon at the office now. So, oh, there we go. That's a perfect room deep for dive one. You dive media HQ, <laughs> the world headquarters. Um, so, perfect. Yeah, all true. right. So, hopefully, uh, if you guys, yeah, I mean, hit us up on Twitter or whatever. If you have some cool project you're working on that you want to spout off about, yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people are taking advantage of this time, and hopefully, yeah, you can take a break, take a breather, get some get some well well earned mental health time and then yeah i've into some fun projects that you enjoy because i assume if you listen to this you enjoy handicapping and yeah hopefully it's a project it's not like some burden on you this is like a project yeah. i really want to do because i'm excited about you know, yeah getting maybe learn uh, learn how to horse racing handicap oh that's been a, I've, that's been an expensive one for me this week <laughs> I got to bet you. on Nadal this week. Yeah, thank you to Nadal. That that made me a lot of money fade, back. I know. I usually fade Nadal in March, uh, but here we are betting on Nadal, and he came through in that space for us. So good stuff. Perfect. All right. Well, let's uh, we'll regroup here in a few days and talk some more. All right. See you then.